What is that when you jump around and carry on and do the who dat who dat stuff? The who dat, you know, that's really kind of a, a fan. You know, that's that's our 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 chant. Duncan Holder Podcast back at you. Larry Holder, Jeff Duncan here on the Athletics Podcast Network. Of course, uh, you could jump on this podcast multiple ways, theathletic.com slash Duncan Holder. Of course, you could subscribe not just to the podcast, access to every podcast in the Athletics Podcast universe, and all of our great written coverage locally, nationally, internationally, you name it. Of course, we have it here at The Athletic or wherever you get your pods, Apple, Spotify, uh, rate, review, subscribe, do all those good things uh, to get on the Duncan Holder podcast. And, Jeff, it's, we took a mini break from the pod just to let things kind of heat up here. And when I tell you they've heated up, I know you know that they've heated up. Uh, I'm sure all you, go, all you go to is Clancy's, and all they ask you about is Russell Wilson. I'm assuming that. And, of course, that is a shout-out, of course, to our great coverage team, uh, up in the Pacific Northwest who really broke loose the Russell Wilson story and really got the conversation going here in New Orleans. So, Jeff, I- I'm sure all you're being asked about right now is, is Russell Wilson going to be with the Saints? Oh, my gosh, what's going to happen with Russell Wilson? Yeah, you know, Larry, like how many times do you and I kid about uh, every offseason there's always some big-name person like a receiver or a linebacker that comes on the market and Saints fans, you know, get giddy with anticipation that they might get said player. It happens every year. I mean, last year it was, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders and they ended up getting him. So it did come to fruition. I remember Jared Cook, everybody was excited about him. Um, But it's gone to another level with the potential of these quarterbacks. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like this quarterback derby that's going around the league right now with established quarterbacks, so many teams with uncertain situations. Uh, it, it's taken the silly season and turned it on its ear. And this is the first time in a decade and a half, really, that the Saints have had to address the quarterback situation. Uh, so it's ratcheted everything up. And yes, everywhere I go, just like you, I'm sure, get asked about it and what the realistic possibilities are. I'm getting texts about it. I went on uh, Dan Patrick's show this week. He asked about it. it. It's what everyone in town's talking about. And you addressed it very well in your column this week. So I think this should be the topic of the pod for the whole day. I would agree. And, well, you think back last offseason, we started seeing quarterback derby where, of course, Tom Brady moves and then Teddy Bridgewater moves, Phillip Rivers moves. So you saw it a little bit last offseason. But like you said, this is unprecedented where you're seeing Jared Goff, Matt Stafford, Carson Wentz, they're being traded. Philip Rivers retires. We assume Drew Brees is going to retire, even though everyone is going bonkers about a video of him running up and down a hill. I mean, when you talk about there's nothing else to talk about, I think people have taken that to like 10 times too far uh, where they should be. But, of course, Deshaun Watson, you hear about Russell Wilson. And so when you see these rumors and such, a lot of times I know you and me, like to say, all right, hold your horses, hit the brakes here. Uh, Saints fans don't exaggerate too much. But I think in this instance, it's different. And it's different because Russell Wilson's camp, on the record, said Russell Wilson would play for the Saints. And so I think that 
gives this light. It lights that fire, and you have to take this thing seriously. And I know we're going to go into the parameters of a possible trade if that can even happen. But, Jeff, you know, I think you and me both, even though we feel like it's probably not going to happen, but still we have to keep ourselves open to the possibility that this could happen. And it's the first time in any sort of huge player movement that we see this and think, okay, we actually have to pay attention to it. Yeah, and there's so many unknowns, Larry. I mean, we we don't know, one, how serious Seattle is about moving Russell Wilson, right? Or Houston, for that matter, with Deshaun Watson. And we don't really know, uh, because the Saints play these things very close to the vest. Even our sources uh, really don't reveal or tip their hands on interest of this level. Uh, We don't know how interested the Saints would be. Uh, You know, obviously, I would think they would be interested but I just don't know. I mean, there's been plenty of guys over the years that I've mentioned to Sean Payton and said, hey, what do you think about this guy? And he'll go, and you know how he is. He'll say, oh, I hate him. I don't like him at all. And you don't even know that until you get that internal uh, message. So I don't know how much Sean Payton likes or respects Russell Wilson. So that would be the number one thing. Do they have interest? I would think they would. Uh, he's coached him in the Pro Bowl. Obviously, he's familiar with his accomplishments. Uh, but those things, uh, I think it's all speculation unless you really get the intel on the inside. And then we, the one thing I would say, though, that, that underscores your point, we know how important the quarterback position is to Sean Payton. He understands, he played the position, and he understands how important it is to winning in the NFL. And he always tells us they're always in the quarterback market, and he understands that a guy like, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson only comes around so often and he's going to strike if they can and do everything they can to get that player if it's their plan. We we know how he's wired. He's not going to let the salary cap prevent it. Uh, You know, and he understands you build the the roster through the quarterback and then everything else kind of trickles down from there. But that's the number one priority. You worry about your, your other positions afterwards. So, Having said all that, uh, you know, let's let's discuss what the realistic possibility would be for that, because uh, I do think it's what's front and center on everybody's mind. Right. And like you said, uh, Sean Payton, the value of the quarterback position uh, is almost immeasurable. Uh, It's the the most important position in sports, I'd say, uh, period, because they have the ball in their hand every play. And so and it's not like you could. Maybe you have it similar to a pitcher, but pitchers come out and then they get replaced. So this is your uh, complete game, every game pitcher uh, in terms of sports jargon. And so like Sean Payton, we, we know, like you said, we know how much he values quarterbacks. We know how much they scout them. And I think that even if they may not be in love with Russell Wilson, there's no doubt they're jostling around the possibility, uh, you know, at, at minimum. They're doing that, but they know this comes with a cost and that to me, and it's not just a cost for them. It's a cost for Seattle. And so you have to come up with, if you want to do a deal, you have to come up with a deal that is so enticing that Seattle would eat salary from Russell Wilson and for Seattle to move on from their Super Bowl winning quarterback face of the franchise, arguably, uh, the best player 
to ever play for the Seahawks, maybe outside of Steve Largent or, you know, someone like Walter Jones, but the most impactful player, no question about it. And so you have to come up with a deal uh, that is so enticing to make this happen. And Jeff, last week when the story uh, first started coming out, like I put together a, a trade uh, and the four teams that were mentioned, it was Saints, Bears, uh, Raiders, and Cowboys. And so we came up with each of our writers, myself included, a trade possibility. And I thought my deal was actually pretty good, but I could see where Seattle would scoff. I'll just rehash the deal that I have right now. I, I sent Taysom Hill, Marshawn Lattimore, a 2021-1, a 2022-1, and a 2021-3. And my parameters were based around the Matt Stafford-Jared Goff deal. And our Seahawks writer just scoffed at it and said, no way. Uh, <laughs> if, it involves, if it involves Taysom Hill being the quarterback, it blows it out of the water. So that's the problem. If you, you have these four teams, all the other teams have more, maybe more vibe outside of Chicago. But the Raiders and say the Cowboys, they would have a more viable quarterback they could get in the mix. So you've got to go over the top with other ass- assets like picks or players. And so it is a hard deal. And I'm not even talking about Seattle's end, just money-wise. That, and on the Saints' end, that is a hard pill to swallow if you're going to give up that many assets for, uh, for someone like Russell Wilson. Yeah, and it's hard to compare apples to apples on these trades because each team – has different needs, different salary cap situations. There are different, uh, you know, aspects of their development. So, for instance, the, trying to compare it to the the Wentz trade. Well, the Wentz trade worked. Philadelphia was able to eat Wentz's huge cap number because they're on a rookie deal with Jalen Hurts. So it allows them to eat it that year because they're still paying relative crumbs to. Jalen Hurts, so it works for them, but that doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. So you can't just blanket, uh, make a comparison like that. And the reason the golf trade uh, for Stafford worked is you had two viable starting quarterbacks, and you have one team it's ready to win now in the Rams and the Lions, who are obviously rebuilding under a new head coach, new GM, and so they're willing to take on golf as maybe a transition year. So everything's different. And I think the the key to all these, when you consider these trades, is to consider the team that has the franchise quarterback. I mean, they're not going to take Taysom Hill as their quarterback if they don't believe in him. And I, I, we don't know if they believe in him or not. Probably not. Most teams don't believe in him as, as much as Sean Payton and the Saints. So I think that right there blows out any deal to get Russell Wilson. I don't know how Seattle could sell that internally to their team to their fans, unless they can guarantee that they're going to get a quarterback in the draft very high that would be their next franchise quarterback. And the Saints don't have that trade uh, asset. So I I don't see how they make it work. Uh, You know, you mentioned also like, you know, some of the comparable trades. Look at Deshaun Watson. I mean, why would Houston trade him to New Orleans when they could probably trade him to the Jets or the Dolphins and get a top five pick? and get Zach Wilson or somebody, and they can sell that to their fan base, to the team. Uh, you know, there, there's just there's so much better trade offers than what the Saints can offer right now because of their timing and their situation. Right, and when you look at kind of the media chatter and people will say, well, you know, Russell Wilson to the Saints makes the most sense. Yes, it makes the most sense of those teams. I think the Saints 
have easily the most talented roster, uh, and they have a question mark at quarterback. But the Saints also have the fewest draft assets, like you mentioned, and don't have a quarterback that can go in and viably play right away. And then the Saints would also have to send, since they don't have the draft assets, you know, I mentioned Marshawn Lattimore because I looked at their roster and said, well, this would be their be- Seattle's best corner since Richard Sherman. But is that enough? If I'm Seattle, probably not. So I'm asking for more. I'm asking for Alvin Kamara. I'm asking for Cam Jordan. I'm asking for Ryan Ramchek. I'm asking for Eric McCoy. I'm asking for, like, everyone under the sun. And how deep into the bone, if you're cutting skin, how deep under the bone do you want to go if you're the Saints? And I think that is something that people, when they see these quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson, this, that, and the other, they don't understand how how valuable Russell Wilson is. Uh, and as far as other players, you've got to make that comparable. You can't just throw in, and we talked about this, oh, just throw in Andres Pete. Yeah. Oh, just throw in uh, Marcus Davenport. They'll just take anything. I mean, that is not the way the NFL works. It doesn't. It, just because you throw assets on top of it doesn't mean they want all those assets. So it's. I think people need to understand that part as well. You know, I think the way to make it happen, and I never really thought about it until you and I just started talking here, and this is very rare. I don't even know the last time I remember this happening would be to maybe work a three-way trade. Somehow, you know, you see that in the NBA a lot, Major League Baseball sometimes, but if you could somehow, the Saints could work a deal with a team like Miami or the Jets that could give up the draft assets that they don't have, but the Saints could supply them with all some of these talented players that might expedite their rebuilding process. And then the Saints could get one of these elite quarterbacks. Then maybe you're cooking there. Sorry the pun, but uh, you know, you could maybe make you're it happen. You're not sorry. You've been you've been waiting for that for weeks. I know it. I just I don't I don't see how they could do it straight up though. I, if I'm if I'm Seattle or Houston, there's just no way I make that deal. And I think that's what's always lost. I always kid our, our buddy Fletcher Mackel because we all know he's the trade crazy um, NBA guy. But he he's like that guy in your fantasy league that that offers you a trade every year, and he and he just throws in all the guys he doesn't want to get your most valuable player. And that's what a lot of stuff I see on on social media is. They're just throwing in the Andres Peets because the Saints don't want him. They're willing to give him up. Well, I mean, Seattle knows that, too, and so does Houston. Uh, so I think it's a, a very low pop probability of happening, but I do agree with you 100%. Guaranteed that Mickey Loomis, Jeff Ireland, and Sean Payton, the decision makers for the Saints, have at least explored the possibility of what it would take. You know they've made those calls just to find out what is the market. What are we talking about here? Could we make it happen? You have to. You owe that to your team. And we know Sean Payton, he doesn't believe in rebuilding years. He doesn't believe in transition years. He always tells us the window's always open for winning a Super Bowl. And and he's going to be pushing Mickey and Jeff Ireland to try and make something like that happen if he believes those guys are better for this football team. I was waiting for you to go totally inside baseball, pun totally intended, and name drop a certain person in our fantasy baseball league who is infamous for just throwing out nonsense players to try to pry away 
uh, Bryce Harper right. or or any of these players. I was waiting for it. I'm 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 can't believe you showed it. you showed actual restraint. I thought about it. Trust me, he's <laughs> the worst. Nightmare. And everybody everybody knows those guys, right? Everybody's got one of those guys in their leagues that throws together those five guys at the end of his bench and wants your Bryce Harper. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but but in that sense. What you're saying, you know that they're talking about this, and it's different than uh, specifically those two players. I, like, I don't think they have any chance at Deshaun Watson. I don't even consider that because he'd have to go. I think the Jets and the Dolphins would be where they'd have to turn. I don't think the Saints are even anywhere in that contest. Now, at least with Russell Wilson, I feel like they would be in that contest. And it's different than from someone like Matt Stafford, uh, where I, we know that the Saints were not involved in that. And Matt, they see Matt Stafford, and uh, uh, it's in my column that, that published this morning, just kind of a refresher. They see Jameis Winston and Matt Stafford as basically the same guy. So why are they going to go move a bunch of assets to go get a guy they already have and they don't need to move that? Now, Russell Wilson is different. I mean, you look at the numbers, that's no comparison. That Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, every year of his career, uh, as far as, say, passer rating, Every year of his career uh, was better than Jameis's best year in the NFL. Wow. So, I, didn't know James, that. I mean, yeah. So Russell is head and shoulders above Jameis Winston. Well, so and, that's why I, ha- I have to entertain that. And don't you think he's kind of a younger, more athletic version of Drew Brees? And I mean, he, he exactly. would fit perfectly into their offense. They wouldn't really have to change much. Actually, they'd be they would be more able to do different things and not have to disrupt a rhythm and throw in Taysom Hill. Like, the need for Taysom would be lost because Russell can run. So I think that mixes and matches some of the things that you do. And that's why also I feel like if teams are enamored with Taysom Hill, you could put him in there in some sort of trade package, and he wouldn't necessarily be a throw-in, but maybe a piece that people would be enamored with because if they got Russell, I don't think they'd have to use – taste them as much as they do so well, that's that's my thinking there yeah yeah I think it's it makes a lot of sense the one thing I would say I have a little bit of a you know red flag on on Russell Wilson maybe more so than most people and you know we, we know Richard Sherman came out and had some critical things about him threw shade at him a couple of years ago and then this story that we published I mean there were a lot of anonymous quotes in there that made me pause about Russell Wilson. Is he really that well-liked? Is he that really well-respected in the locker room, either from his coaches or his teammates, that I guarantee you, if the Saints are looking into this, will know about? They will do their their exploratory work and get their intel because you know how much that means to Sean Payton. I mean, he's going to want somebody that, that he calls them the pilot of the plane. And and, and he understands how important that is. So that gave me a little pause when I read all that. I thought, uh, the Saints, do they, do they want this guy in their locker room? I'm, I'm just saying that that's, that's never been the case with Drew Brees. I mean, he, he's never had those issues. Well, outside of this past year when, when Drew stepped in it in the national anthem protesting controversy. But before that, yeah, I, I, that was never a real issue. But, I mean, we've seen – Michael Thomas go on uh, some sort of social media. What was it? Instagram maybe or something. And he's putting pictures of him and Russell Wilson. And then Cam Jordan's out there saying publicly, come on down. Uh, Latoya Cantrell. Hey, she's even, (laughs) 
I mean, poor Drew, it's like he never existed. Latoya's just said, bye, see you later. So, uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's something that I get the fascination and we're, we're talking, I mean, we're 20 minutes into this podcast and we're going on this trade that I think you and me actually agree is very unlikely to happen. But it's something that, as I said earlier, we have to entertain because it's out there. And the Saints have a need at quarterback. And Russell Wilson has won a Super Bowl and almost won a second. And has been in the playoffs, what, nine of his ten years, something like that? I mean, he's a winner and he's a very he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And so even though we're talking all kinds of hypotheticals, I mean, we have to because we've seen the Saints pull a rabbit out of a hat. I mean, they traded Jimmy Graham to Seattle a bunch of years ago. So they've had a history of making deals with Seattle that we don't see coming. This That one we really didn't see coming. This one we would because it's been out there. But still, it, we cannot discount this even though we feel like I'd put it at 10% chance that this thing happens. You sound like, like Lloyd Christmas. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's just about the same amount of opportunity for that to happen. But I will tell you this. Let, let, let me let me bring something up because I did find some – I did get some intel this past week on Jameis Winston, talked to some people who said that uh, Sean Payton has already had conversations with Jameis Winston. They've had talks, and uh, he's basically already recruiting him, right? Uh, and Jameis Winston told this person that, that is close to the situation um, – that money is not important to him right now. Uh, he really is interested in finding the right fit, the right opportunity, and he knows the money will come from that. I think it's very smart of Jameis Winston at this point. And having heard that, I think that exponentially increases the Saints' chances of signing him. I think he understands this is a really a rare opportunity for him to step into a, a team that's playoff caliber and take it over. And he's had a year in the system to learn it. I don't I, and unless somebody comes in and just knocks his socks off, which I don't think is going to happen, uh, I fully expect him to be back here. But I also heard from someone totally different, Larry, that it is not cut and dried. He's taking it over. I mean, I think he probably will, but they're going to look at this as like a competition, which you would expect from Sean Payton and this staff. I mean, they're not going to hand it to anybody, but it will be basically a camp competition, which I think will be fascinating to watch yeah and I think that that is fair uh because let's be frank Jameis Winston we talk about the pilot uh, anecdote that I had in the column and you, you know you've talked with Sean Payne he said that uh Jameis Winston when he's been the pilot of the plane has been a pretty damn bumpy ride so you don't know for a fact that he can manage all of this uh look everyone's saying the right things uh, I think he wins the job, but still, uh, look, if you have someone else dangling over you, say like Russell Wilson, who's clearly better, I mean, you've got to explore that. Or if you see a quarterback in the draft that, boy, you're in love with, uh, you've got to take him and see what happens. So to me, this is a definitely still a trial run. But I'm with you that it seems to me that you look outside of the Saints, what situation would Jameis walk into that would be Better. I mean, is, uh, would you want to go to Washington? I doubt it. Maybe the only one, and it doesn't sound like there's going to be a quarterback change in this city and on this team, would be, say, Pittsburgh. If Ben Roethlisberger, if they were going to bump him out, 
then maybe something like that would be attractive to him. But it doesn't sound like Roethlisberger's going anywhere. Well, what, so what I about, can't see a scenario. What about New England? Is that? I don't think that that would be attractive to him. I don't see the weapons that New England would have. Uh, I just think that he'd have to relearn a new offense. Uh, he might even see that it didn't go well for Cam Newton and say, well, that, that might not be for me. And, I mean, look, Tom Brady walked away from that situation. And so I, I don't buy New England in that either. Uh, it's just you know the offense. You know Sean Payton. You know you have Alvin Kamara. You know you have Michael Thomas. You know you have a great offensive line. And, and if it's not about money, and I think what you're saying is smart and Jameis' approach is smart, that the money will come. If he plays well, there's no doubt the Saints will extend him to a quarterback worthy contract so to me Jameis makes too much sense uh, unless something falls out the sky like Russell Wilson and you get a deal where you're not you know chopping off your hand and your foot to and your team is so uh, uh, kind of taken aback that you have to send too much assets to go get Russell Wilson and here's if I'm the Saints I look at this very similarly to the way the Patriots did with Cam Newton. It's like a one-year trial. They may sign Jameis to a longer contract, but I look at that deal very similar to last time they were in the quarterback market, 2006. And we all know that narrative has been written. They signed Drew Brees. It was this you know, great matrimony. Everybody loved each other, but they had a one-year deal basically in place. They had an out on both sides on that contract, so it gave the Saints – uh, an escape clause in case his shoulder didn't come back and in case it didn't work out. And same for Drew Brees. If he didn't like it there, both sides had an out. I think something like that with Jameis Winston makes a lot of sense. You get him under contract. If it works out, maybe you balloon it up and you give him the starting level money. But in this one-year interim where you're tight against the cap and you don't really know if he's the guy or not, it makes sense to me to do a very similar kind of deal. But Jeff... What if all of this thing blows up and workout hero, 42-year-old Drew Brees, comes back? I mean, we saw him run down a hill with weights, and we saw him run up a hill with weights. And let me tell you, when I did a serious XM NFL interview Monday morning, and they were disappointed that I shot down the, <laughs> oh, my gosh, Drew Brees is coming back. They were angry. And I said, look, if I'm angry, you can call me up. And if he comes back, you can rip me to my face. But I'm willing to bet you're not going to have to make that call. Uh, so put this to bed. I mean, I, I've said it. True Breeze is not coming back. Come on, people. Just because a video stirs up and people are desperate for headline clicks, don't take the bait, people. Don't do it. Silly season, Larry. That's exactly <laughs> why they call it that. No, yeah. he's just – we all know Drew Breeze. This is how he's wired. People act like he's not going to work out. Of course he's going to work out. And I think the other important thing that people need to recognize in that was Drew did not put out that video. If he put it out, maybe, and we know he wouldn't do something like that. Uh, you know, he's not Mike Thomas, for instance. <laughs> you know, he's not going to put out some video of him working out. He never has. That was put out by his trainer, Todd Durkin. And I'm sure Drew probably didn't even have any clue. Maybe he did. But the point is, he didn't put it out. He's not trying to send a curveball and let everybody know. Uh, and he's already cut his salary. That's all you need to know. That was the tipping point of where Drew Brees' thought process was. He did that for the team so they would have the cap room, uh, or at least 
more cap room as they head into free agency because he's not going to see a dime of this 2021 salary because he's retiring. That's why he did it. He wouldn't have done that otherwise. So um, I, I think the whole thing's silly. And uh, internally, as you and I have discussed, the Saints are operating under the guise that Drew Brees is not coming back. Everybody in the building is operating under that guise, and that's because they've had discussions with Drew Brees. I mean, Drew Brees and Sean Payton were down in Cabo together, uh, you know, a month ago. And I'm sure this was also hashed out, the plan of how they're going to carry on this offseason. Maybe they just did that video so it would take the heat off of Drew Brees and people blaming him for Tiger Woods getting into a car crash. I don't know. Maybe that was something like that because he was late to meeting up with Drew Brees. I'm kidding, kidding. But uh, Or there's the other conspiracy theory. Well, Russell Wilson put up a video and Drew Brees put up a video 20 minutes later. Maybe that. But what about Jameis Winston's video? He he certainly looked like he was working out hard with those kettlebells. So why are we talking about that? Hey, man, I remember distinctly freaking Cam Newton putting out these videos and he looked like a beast going to New England. And I heard all this stuff about Cam Newton's going to New England. He's going to get Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, uh, the best coaches in the league, the Patriot way, and that thing fell apart. And Cam Newton looked just as bad as he did for the Patriots as he did in Carolina. And that's my pause with Jameis Winston. I have a lot of confidence in Sean Payton. You know that. I mean, I know that he's a quarterback whisperer and can make this thing uh, as good as possible for a quarterback. But I still am not buying into all this flowery talk about Jameis Winston, uh, it just sounds too much like what I heard from New England and Cam Newton. I'm in the kind of prove-it-to-me mode on Jameis Winston. Yeah, and I think when I speak about Jameis, it's not that I'm over-the-moon confident he's going to win them a Super Bowl or win the division. I just speak on it that it makes the most sense in their situation right now that he starts this year. And that's as far as I'm going. I'm with you totally in that sense. I mean, you know me, I was team Teddy Bridgewater and Hey, uh, Carolina might be looking to move him. What if Teddy comes back? Would you jump back on that Teddy boat or what? Come on. No, look, I, I, I know what Teddy is. Look, proud Louisville graduate L's up, but, <laughs> but I mean, Teddy is what he is. And I think people got carried away. I think in new Orleans, there's such passion. People love the saints so much. They fall in love with players like Teddy Bridgewater and they tend to exaggerate how good he really is. I mean, I remember people saying last year, oh, the, the, when he was playing, he's better than half the starting quarterbacks in the league. No, he's not. Teddy Bridgewater is a good, solid backup and a guy that can come in just like he did for the Saints and carry you during an interim. But he's not the guy that's going to win you, you know, be your regular starter. And Carolina found that out. And I think he's a, I think he's a great guy and everything about it, but it played out almost exactly like I thought in Carolina. And I could see him coming back here because we know the Saints like him, but I don't see him coming back to be the starter. I, I think they are much more, uh, you know, intrigued by the ceiling of Jameis Winston. I think they feel like no one's really tapped into that. Now, do I agree with them? I don't know if I agree with them or not, but clearly that's what they think. And they think there's a really high ceiling there with this with this quarterback. That goes along the same lines that I've heard with – Jameis and say comparing to Matt Stafford basically the Saints view those guys right now as the same guy but of course Jameis is only five uh, f- you know four or five years into the league and they feel like his ceiling is so much higher and so that's the way they view him now 
Uh, I'm sure this is another topic we're going to talk about in another podcast, but I'm wondering of these draft quarterbacks, if they fall in love with one, what do they do? Uh, Say if they view someone like in the same breath when they were scouting Patrick Mahomes, do they make an aggressive move and go get someone like Trey Lance? Or what if they fall in love with Mac Jones? You know, I think that uh, they're still in the, the, the learning process on these guys. And if they do, I would not put anything past them to vault up and go get one. But right now, and this would be the point, I remember a year ago when you and me were talking about Jordan Love, this, that, and the other. And I had to squash the hopes and dreams of people who were in the Jordan Love train uh, saying, look, the Saints are not in, in the ball game for Jordan Love. I don't know if they're in the ball game for any of these other quarterbacks. I think that's something we're going to have to maybe see down the line. Yeah, and look, going back to Jameis real quick, I would say this. this. This falls into a pattern that the Saints have had over the years, and it does make a lot of sense. It's worked out for them. Uh, I think it's a Bill Parcells uh, trait that he passed on to Sean Payton. We see the Patriots do it too. Whereas if this guy, former players, was drafted that high like Jameis Winston, there was talent there. You don't get drafted number one in the entire draft without being talented. So I think the Saints look at that as let's a reclamation project. The guy's got ability. Let's see if we can get it out of him where maybe others didn't. Uh, It's happened throughout NFL history where players get into better situations. I think of Steve Young down in Tampa, really didn't do much there. He gets into a good system in San Francisco, becomes a Hall of Famer. Uh, So that is very much what we've seen Sean Payton do in the past. I think of uh, Nick Farrelly, the defensive tackle, was drafted really high, didn't do much in Detroit, played well for the Saints. So it makes a lot of sense for them to do that. I'm kind of intrigued by this quarterback draft class, and I think we'll probably have another pod coming up to discuss those possibilities. I, I listened to our guy, Dane Brugler, on his podcast this week, uh, Prospects to Pros, which is a great podcast. And he was saying that this quarterback class is one of the best in, in history. The top five guys are all very high gradable players. Uh, so there could be that thought process inside the Saints building. If they fall in love with one of these guys, they say, look, this is an opportunity uh, that we can't pass up. We, we really have to strike while the, while the timing is there because next year's class might not be like this class, and you only get these opportunities every once in a while. We saw Kansas City do it with Patrick Mahomes and change the course of their entire franchise. Uh, I'm not saying they got another Mahomes in this class, but if the Saints feel that way, you and I both know they'll do everything they can to go get a guy. And there's no hurting anyone's feelings this time. Right. So you just go and do it. So uh, interesting podcast, to say the least, my friend. Good chatting with you. And uh, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Duncan Holder podcast. Of course, theathletic.com slash Duncan Holder, where you can go check out all of our pods. And our pods will be more regular. We took some a couple of weeks off just because there wasn't much going on. So we decided uh, let's come back in March. And now we're going to be full steam ahead. Free agency draft off-season, it's going to be weekly like like normal. And if something breaks, we'll do extra pods as well. So, uh, like I said, theathletic.com slash Duncan Holder or wherever you go find your pods, Apple, Spotify, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a million, the Duncan Holder podcast. So for Jeff Duncan, I am Larry Holder. Thanks for joining us here on the Duncan Holder podcast on the Athletics Podcast Network.